Thank you for joining us for the University of Illinois Press podcast, The Upside. I am your host, Elizabeth Hess. I am joined today by Dr. Ronald Meyer, the communication manager of the Harriman Institute and adjunct associate professor in the Department of Slavic Languages at Columbia University. Dr. Meyer recently served as guest editor of the Polish Review special issue. Thank you for joining me today. It's my pleasure. Before we begin, can you tell me a little bit about yourself from your background in Russian literature to your interest in Polish literature and language? I received my PhD in Russian literature at Indiana University. And at the time, I also studied for a Polish minor, Polish language classes. And I was privileged to have a class on the history of Polish literature from Samuel Fishman, who was a very well-known academic who, like Anna Freilich, had been forced to leave Poland as a result of the 1968 anti-Semitic campaign. That said, most of my work has been in Russian literature. I defended my dissertation on a contemporary Russian writer. I write about translation. I teach a course in Russian literary translation at Columbia. I've edited a number of books, translated Dostoevsky, a lot of contemporary Russian short stories. But right now, I'm translating the short prose of Anna Freyach. It's my first venture into translating Polish literature. Before we get back to the special issue, can you tell me a little bit about the Harriman Institute? The Harriman Institute started off in 1946. We're celebrating our 75th anniversary this year. Started off as the Russian Institute. It's the oldest institute devoted to Russia in the United States. It was set up with money from the Rockefeller Foundation. We also established an institute on East Central Europe, obviously including Poland as well. And to this day, the Institute or the Center for East European Studies is part of the Harriman Institute. What the Harriman tries to do is to to facilitate communication with all people, with all faculty and students working on the region. So Anna Freilich was a member of the Harriman Institute. And her first book on Russian symbolism came out in the Harriman series, Studies of the Harriman Institute, of which I'm the editor. I know that you touched on this, but as for your academic career, what are the areas in which you research? And you mentioned what you teach, but can you talk about that in a larger scope? A couple different areas. One is the writer Andrei Bitov. I've written a number of articles about him. He recently passed away, but I knew him very well for a number of years. He's a postmodernist Russian writer, and I've written quite a bit about him. Another area is Russian translation and Chekhov. I've written about translations of Chekhov, how Chekhov is translated. I've translated Chekhov for the stage. My translation was the literal translation for the production that the Atlantic Theatre Company here in New York put on. I don't know, 10 years ago or so. The translation is also another big area of my interest in my research. And this all goes back while I was still writing my dissertation or supposedly writing my dissertation. I had a job in Ann Arbor, Michigan with artist publishers, who at the time was the largest publisher of Russian literature in the original Russian. These were the days of the Soviet Union when not everything could be published there and in translation. We also published some works from East Central Europe. 
we published the Russian translation of Shesov Miwosh's poetic treatise, for instance, but also works in English translation. So from there, I also translated while I was working there. I translated. We were doing a, an anthology of Russian literature of the 20s, and my boss said, we need a story by Babel. Can you do something this weekend? So I went home and translated a story by Babel, who's notoriously difficult. And that was where I really began to appreciate and become much more interested in, in the art of translation. The topic of the upcoming special issue is Writing Polish in America, the case of Anna Freilich, with an introduction written by you, as well as another article. Can you tell me about Anna Freilich and how you came to study her? As I mentioned earlier, Anna was on the faculty of the Harriman Institute. And one of the things that the Harriman Institute has is a publications office, and that's me. Our mutual friend and mentor for both of us, Professor Robert McGuire, who also was the first translator, or one of the first translators of Szymborska in English, brought us together. Anna had defended her dissertation at NYU and needed help getting it together to make it into a book. And I was that help. And so this is 1993, 94, something like that. And we started working on that book. Also at the same time, Anna was often giving invited lectures, going to conferences and whatnot. And I became her English language editor. And I've been in that since 93 or 94. I've gotten to know her work from a very sort of odd way. I didn't really study the poetry until much, much later. I knew all about her academic writings, but not so much of what really made her the great poet that she is. Before starting the special issue, she and I put together a volume of her collected essays, which is called The Ghost of Shakespeare. And while we were working on that, the idea came that it would be nice to do some sort of volume about her work as a whole. And it was really a matter of, I don't know, coincidences or whatnot. I should also mention that before Anna retired, she retired, I forget, six years ago now or something, I was a student in her intermediate Polish class. I'd had first year and a bit more at Indiana, and then 35 years later, I took second year. And after she retired, I went on and took advanced. Can you tell me about how you put together this special issue, who contributed to it, and how you really pulled everything together? It was a great pleasure to work on it. From the beginning, I should go back and give a little bit of prehistory. In 2016, a conference was held about Anna Freilich's work that was put on jointly by the Jagiellonian University and the University of Rzeszów. The conference was in 2016, and two years later, they published a conference volume. I was supposed to attend the conference, but unfortunately, at the last moment, I had to pull out. Nevertheless, I have a short piece in this volume. Originally, my idea was to translate selected articles from the volume. What I ended up doing is I chose three from them, three articles written by Polish scholars that were translated into English. Another scholar's work came to my attention that had just recently been published in a volume about 1968, which in Polish has a whole literature about 1968 because of the fact that it forced um, Jews to leave. It was a state-sponsored anti-Semitic campaign. 
It's a very important day. And one of our authors had published her article there. So we have four translations from Polish written by Polish scholars living in Poland. And then we have four contributions by scholars living in the U.S., which I commissioned for the issue. Could you highlight some of the topics and authors in the upcoming special issue? The issue kicks off with a great article by Yaroslav Anders called The Poetics of Loss and Dislocation. He's a well-known scholar of modern published poetry. This past year, he had a wonderful series of Zoom lectures that was sponsored by the Kosciuszko Foundation. He published a book about modern Polish poetry, and he investigates how exile shapes the narrative of Anna Freilich's poetry. This is followed by a piece by Wojciech Ligenza. He's a well-known professor of Polish literature at Jagiellonian University, also one of the co-editors of the conference volume I mentioned. He investigates how time, among many other things, works in Anna's poetry. So two really big essays to get us into the, the meat of the volume. That's followed by an essay by Elise Katrine Carls. She's at the University of Tennessee at Martin. And she's written quite a bit about Anna over the years, especially an article and some reviews in World Literature Today. Her essay is called A Life in Letters, and she uses the correspondence that Anna has with her editor at the um, Polish journal Wiadomości, which was based in London. Anna, since she had been exiled, was unable to publish in Poland. The London emigre, Wiadomości, sort of offered her a home. I should also mention that when Anna was forced to leave Poland, she thought that her career as a writer was over. I mean, she had only published a very few things. Here she was being exiled to a country. She didn't speak the language. Probably not a lot of call for masters in Polish philology with a young child and a husband who was equally unsure of being able to make his way in the United States. In any case, Carl's used this correspondence to trace the arc of, of Freilich's career. Really, really well done. And as a companion piece to that, we have this article I mentioned from the volume about 1968, written by Beata Malzinska Josek, which is called A Microhistory of Anna Fradek's and the Gray Experience. Again, she's using correspondence as her material to extrapolate information about Anna Fradek's career. In her case, she's using the letters that Freilich, her husband, and her sister wrote back home to Freilich's parents right after they left Poland. So... They stopped in Vienna, Rome, and then made their way to New York. So all during those travels of either nine months or just over a year, they were writing home. Eventually, Anna's parents came to join them in New York. But when they left, when Anna left, she had no idea that she would ever see her parents again. This is followed by an essay by Evo Bartos. She's at the University of Silesia in Katowice. And she talks about tropes of the body in Freilich's poetry. It's a great essay, and there's a funny story connected with her work. As you know, the Polish Review requires contracts with all of the authors, standard practice these days. And I suppose we sent them out a little bit late, and they didn't go out, I think, until maybe late July or August. 
In any case, almost everyone answered right away, but Eva Bartos was incommunicado. So we had the chair of her department, friends, everyone trying to get in touch with her. It turns out that she was on a boat off the coast of Sweden vacationing. So she got our message, found an office that would allow her to print out the contract, sign it, take a picture and send it back. And there we were. But our editor, Helena Filipovic, was a little worried that we would get this in time. So those are some of the things you have to deal with when you're an editor. Ross Ufberg, Contribution Conversations with the Dead, talks about memorial poems that Anna has written to on the death of fellow poets, friends, and so on. This comes with Ross's translations of the poems as well. Ross was honorific student at Columbia. He's now finishing up his law degree in California, so he's left the field of Polish translation, at least uh, temporarily. The next contribution is by Slavomir Zurich. He writes about the theme of Judaism or the subject of Judaism in Anna Frodek's poetry. Professor Zurich heads the Polish Jewish Studies Center at the Catholic University of Lublin. And his article, which is translated for the issue, is followed by Ross Uthberg's translations of those poems. We're lucky to have two sets of translations. I should finally mention that the translations were all done by Timothy Williams, who teaches at the Adam Miskevich University in Poznan. Tim is a former student of mine from my Russian translation class, but he's also a former student of Anna's from her Polish language literature classes. And he's a great translator. Without him, the special issue would not have been completed quite so quickly. Dr. Meyer, you also contributed an article. Could you please talk about the content of that? Yes, my article is about Anna Freilich's New York City. And all of this started, I forget the dates, but with her public reading at Cornelia Street Cafe, a famed cafe which unfortunately has closed, famed cafe in Greenwich Village, where she had a reading. I was the moderator and introducer, and she selected poems that showed her relationship with New York City. The English translations were read by a poet and cabaret artist, Deborah Lotz. That was the core of my article, but I've expanded it both backwards and forwards so that it includes poems that were written just last year. It's interesting to see how the city changes from this very hostile environment that the new immigrant encounters on windswept Brooklyn to the final poems on the Upper East Side, and she really is part of the environment, and she's showing visitors her town. It's a remarkable journey. Speaking of Helena, can you talk about your relationship with her and why she's so important in the field of Polish studies? I can only answer part of that. Helena and I first met in 2016. She'd come to Columbia to give a lecture. It was on drama, dramas that had been lost, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. It was a great lecture. Anna Freilich had invited her, and Anna invited me to the dinner afterwards so that we could continue the conversation. And that's really where we got to know each other. 
And we like each other, I think, right off the bat. That was followed up a few years later. I mentioned the book of essays that I edited, of uh, the book of honest essays, The Ghost of Shakespeare, that I edited. And this appeared in the series that Helena was editor of at Academic Studies Press. She was in charge of the Polish Studies series. She's now relinquished that to devote her energies to the Polish Review. I made the proposal for that book to Helena. It was accepted. And our relationship and cooperation continued. And then when the idea of doing more with criticism about Anna Violet's work, I forget exactly how it came to my attention that the Polish Review often published special issues. It then turned out that Helena Filipowicz would become the editor. I wrote to Helena and asked if she would be interested. She said, she, yes, of course, she would be interested, but I would need to put together a proposal and propose a table of contents and so on and so forth, which I did. And here we are today. Thank you for joining us for the University of Illinois Press podcast, The Upside. The Polish Review special issue will be available on the University of Illinois Press website. Dr. Ronald Meyer, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you. It was great.